Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo! <laughs> Yuck it. <laughs> yuck it. We have a yuck it of beer. <laughs> beer. <laughs> Woo! Hot diggity dog. Uh, this episode is brought to you by PBR. Every episode should be. Tell what? them about your new drink. Oh my gosh. What's funny is that like I accidentally did it and yeah. then I have to credit our friend Will who oh, gave yeah. it the name yeah. because I did not give it the name. But we were drinking, we had like the shot we were doing before a game night, and mine was tequila because I don't like vodka, so it was in one of those little bottles, the shooters. And I drank some of it, and then the rest of it, I was like, I'm just going to pour in this PBR, because why not? Yeah. And it was delicious, and Will called it a tequibr. <laughs> and it was actually really good. It's really tasty, honestly. I'm sure it's a thing. It has to be a thing yeah. to put tequila in a cheap beer. Eh. I'm pretty sure I've seen people put the little shooters in like yeah. Coronas. So yeah, but this is a tequi br. This is like, a tequi br. So <laughs> it was honestly quite tasty, and uh, it's become part of the game we're playing. Yes, <laughs> the tequi br. Incredible. Unfortunately, it's just a regular pbr yeah, today. I don't have any tequila. Because we have a of brs. Biakit. Biakit. <laughs> it's really good. And we're talking about. Uh, speaking of, I guess I always have a segue. Um, huh. Speaking of, I don't know. Fuck it. Speaking of fuck it, <laughs> um, we're talking about what lies beneath. Yes, the oh 2000 God. classic. It's a classic. <laughs> Can't wait to talk about it. This was recommended by one of our longtime patrons and supporters. And I thank you very much. And I really do. She I just, genuinely do. She knew we'd have fun with it. Yes. So that's <laughs> what I'll say. <laughs> Can't wait. Ooh, oh boy. Are you ready? <laughs> I am. I've got some fun. I don't have a lot of fun facts. Okay. I have facts, obviously, like my normal ones. They're going to sound familiar because a lot of people who worked on this movie worked on uh, Death Becomes Her. Oh. So I hope you're ready for repeats. Okay. Yes, please. So. And we're off. Wow, I wrote this poorly. Huh? Handwriting is white. Don't Gorgeous. look at it. Don't look at <laughs> you, it. You show it to me. Don't look at it. You looked at it, though. <laughs> Turns it around to show me. Don't look. I got shy halfway through. <laughs> you know, I Look guess. at O. I was like, <laughs> okay, What Lies Beneath? It was made in 2000. We're, we're speed running mm-hmm, it. It mm-hmm. was directed by Robert Zemeckis. So, Robert Zemeckis was Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Death Becomes Her, Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. a bunch of other ones, honestly, but those are the ones that cast I was like, away. just said. Yes, Castaway was actually made, I think, right when this was being made. That's my fun fact. Is it? Yeah. yeah so, like, basically got to make... I think Castaway, or got to make this because of Castaway, or vice versa? Because they're waiting on the lead in Castaway yes. to lose weight, because mm-hmm. he had to look like he'd been stuck on an island for yeah. a certain number of months, so and so... he was growing his beard. Yeah. They're like, we have time, while yeah. he's becoming unwell. They should have taken more time. <laughs> oh, okay. The screenplay was... Technically, the screenplay was co-written by the person who also wrote, like, the story. Mm. Um, but for some reason, it's specifically listed... Screenplay is specifically by Clark Gregg. I don't know if she also, the person who wrote the story, co-wrote the screenplay. I'm uh, going to say yes, though. 
Um, so let's just say co-written. Mm-hmm. Clark Gregg, uh, known by most as Phil Coulson in the MCU. I say most because, yeah, I'm like, I only know him because he's in that one like clip when I was really. Is he the Agents of Shield guy? Yeah, I think the one that so. definitely died and it was tragic, and that was like the the point where all the Avengers were like, "Oh, this is serious now." I think that might be him. Okay. <laughs> Let me just say, maybe he should stick to the MCU. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just have thoughts about this movie. Maybe he should stick to the thing that he did maybe. after this movie. Is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, maybe he should go back in time and they should offer him Avengers like sooner or something. <laughs> Good for him. He was in a lot of other stuff too, yeah. to be honest. Um, so he he wrote the screenplay for this, for this. Um, he also wrote the film Choke, which was described as a black comedy. Huh. I don't know if that means, like, dark. Yeah, usually. Okay, good. Because I was like, he's white. So, huh? so I yeah, got no. there. Usually so, that means, like, darkly comedic. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. Okay, so he wrote that. And then also another one that was described as a dark comedy <laughs> called Trust Me. Huh. So maybe we'll check those out. Okay. Or maybe we'll never. Or maybe we'll avoid them for forever. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Uh, so it was based on a story by Sarah Kernokin, I think is how you say it. Um, she's an interesting gal. Did you read anything about her? No, not at all. Okay. So it was based on a story. My fun fact, I'll just say my fun fact now because it's the only one I have, but it's based on her. So she adapted the story originally based on a personal experience that she had for with the paranormal. Huh. Whether it was similar to this, I don't know. I'd also be very intrigued to read the original story and not yeah. this. But yeah. she co-wrote the screenplay, so I'm like, okay, I didn't catch yeah. any of that. All right, well, it's fine. Uh, she co-directed and produced Marjo. I don't know if that's how you say it, but it's um, about the evangelist Mar- Marjo Gortner. Huh. If anyone knows how to actually say this and what this person did. Uh, it's a documentary. Um, she specifically went on to make, like, a bunch of documentaries, yeah. actually. That's kind of what her specialty is. Yeah. Um, and she actually won an Academy Award for Ooh. a documentary feature for nice. that movie. So, talented. Had a weird quote about how she writes women, and that's why she kind of, like, I was like, I don't know how to feel about the quote. Um, I don't have it in front of me. But yeah. it was about how she's like, if you want women who are, like, archetypes, and she specifically said, like, helpless something in the whore and she's like don't come to me like i want my women to be she's like not all women are intelligent this that she's like i want them to be as developed as men and something like that but i was like but you're it was just interesting so it was like i want them to be just like men in movies where they can be flawed like men they don't have to be like the shining example or like tragic figures Mm -hmm. they can just be just people in a movie like and I, and I was like, I totally got it. But reading it at first, mm-hmm. it, like, takes you aback because you're like, the horde. Oh, my yeah. gosh. But then you're like, oh, I guess that is technically an archetype. Like, yeah. within. So it just took me back at first. And I was like, Sarah. But <laughs> I think I get what she's saying. Um, yeah, so it was based on a personal experience with paranormal. Who knows what that was? Huh. Would love to find out. It did not give me details. And I said, Sarah, elaborate. She was like, she a picture said, frame fell over. No. And I knew I had to write my story. And that's when, and that's when I knew. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is where we get ourselves, uh, I'm just going to call this new segment, The Crew. It's The Crew. We the got crew. ourselves a little crew. Uh, so cinematography was Don Burgess, Burgers, Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> My handwriting is so bad. I think it's Burgess. Um, but also did Forrest Gump, Castaway, Spider-Man 2002, The Polar Express, The Conjuring 2. Hmm. A lot of stuff with uh, Robert Zemeckis. Okay. So 
little crew. Yeah. Got ourselves crew. a little team up. Uh, music was Alan Silvestri, who I know we've talked about before, and I had to be Jeff the Cumser. Oh, it yeah. It wasn't listed on his page, but I'm like, that's the only one I can think. Because yeah. also did Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Castaway, Polar Express. Yeah. Went on to also do Predator, The Abyss, The Parent Trap, and Stuart Little. Oh. oh. <laughs> so, man of many talents. Okay. <laughs> um, the budget was $100 million. Okay. Do you know how much I made? It was commercially a success. <laughs> I thought. No, it like, probably was. Uh, oh, no. Sorry, I just accidentally opened a new tab. <laughs> She's going wild over there. Truly. It I think it was a success. Um, I'm just mad. Yeah, so it had big name mm-hmm. actors. Let's go That's with true, it did. $150 million? Not bad. I mean... It made a lot. It was two hundred ninety-one point four million. Okay. So it like more than doubled. Dang. Um, yeah, it did a good job. Okay. Um, good for them. Happy. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I just can't wait to talk about it. I'm really excited to see how you'll summarize this whole ding dang two hour film in one sentence. I don't want to. Um a woman teams up with a ghost to defeat Indiana Jones. That's perfect. I'm just going to, you know, pack it up now because there's nothing I can say <laughs> okay. that will be more accurate I mean, or better. Hey, you know? Yeah. Harrison Ford, I'm sorry. You're a treasure. You've done other things. Yeah. But also, Indiana Jones. Yeah. I've never seen it. I think I've Wait, seen Wait, we few. watched it in a movie night that yeah. one time. So I've seen that one. Yeah. I've seen two of them. Okay. One of them was the alien one, the crystal skull Oh, or I've something. seen that one too, actually. Yeah. I think we're on the same boat here. Yeah. We're in the yeah. same Indiana Jones boat. Yes. Okay. I prefer the librarian to Indiana Jones, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a... Okay, <laughs> so that? the librarian is someone that's, like, a guardian of, like, ancient knowledge and artifacts what? and stuff. And so he has Excalibur, who is a sword that, like, does its own thing, like, right. wields itself. Is this a and movie? movie series. Okay. And I was then, like, is this just like a real person that God, you know? Who is wish. this? Excalibur, yes. Yes, um, that's my friend. But no, he has, there are at least like three movies, I think. Oh. One of them has Our Girl from Castle. Oh. Um, oh, I almost said Tana French. And that, that's not even kind of right. Um, hold on. I know on. you mean exactly when you said it. I was like, uh-huh, yes. I'm sorry. I, I need to fix this now because it's going to, it's really going to throw me. <laughs> um, please hold. Insert music here. Is it, is it far um, Fabrig for for me for No, it's actually quicker it's if I just search right? castle. No, it's not. Um, okay, hold on a minute. I'm a fool because I thought you were talking about we have always lived in the castle. No, Stonicatic from Castle. I've never seen Castle in my oh. life, Kate. You said Castle, and I went, well, I've never seen Castle, so she must be the one I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have read We've Always Lived in the Castle. I have not seen it, but you are correct. That is uh, the Farmiga. Farmiga. Yeah, you're right. Just oh, about the wrong thing. You went, no, I went, then who? <laughs> this is hilarious. I just assumed that because I didn't know that show, you would know that and instinctively say, yeah, talk about the one you know, Nikki. <laughs> Uh, so the librarian is basically okay. kind of like Indiana Jones, but more well, about sounds... protecting oh, them. That and lovely. yeah, and love then Stanakadix a vampire, and it's hot as hell. I love vampires. Yeah. Anyway, 
I like those. <laughs> Love that. Uh-uh. Give, me a, give me a real summary, though. IMDb. The wife of a university research scientist believes that her lakeside Vermont home is haunted by a ghost or that she is losing her mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's like, or the, it could just be this. Yeah. She thinks she's seeing a ghost or she's unwell. <laughs> there are two options. Oh, God. This movie. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Okay. That was a great summary. Thank you. Now I'm trying to guess what you're going to talk mm-hmm. about. I'm, I'm just, I'm racking my brain. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give a, throw out some guesses. Okay. Water-based crimes and oh. movie, water and movies. Okay. Um, gaslighting? Um, jeez, um, I, I don't know. Those were good guesses. Thanks. Yeah. Infidelity so, in films. I thought about that. <laughs> that was actually, I had three options and okay. one of them, I was like, I have to save this for Oculus and it was mirrors in film. Because, it's always gotta be mirrors. Yeah. It's always gonna be fucking mirrors. Because I, I was like, there's a lot of reflection happening, like there reflection is, in water, mirrors, mirror as weapon. But I was like, <laughs> I need to, I need to put a lot of time into mirrors um, I also thought about like infidelity and right. why it can be such like a potent seed for movies. Yeah. But then I was like, that'll take a lot of research. And you know what I don't have time for? A, <laughs> a lot, lot of research. research. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, I'll be covering the subversion of expectations through deviation from subgenre patterns and also metacasting. Okay. So that pretty much all of that just relies on my existing knowledge of horror films and patterns and tropes. So I did minimal research because I already knew these things. Even with the the title there, Mm -hmm. I I have no idea what's about to happen. Going to make it much simpler. (laughs) Yeah. So we know tropes are tools. Mm -hmm. uh, And they're like just common ways to set up stories and to tell stories. And it's not inherently a negative thing. So tropes are classics because they were so effective Mm -hmm. or because they're memorable. And I think that when you have a film that follows such a set structure, you can really subvert expectations mm-hmm. by following that and then suddenly deviating. Yes. So I think it can be mapped onto this film in a multitude of ways. But when I saw this film, the first thing that really sparked like, oh, subversion of expectations. Yeah. When I was trying to think about triple features. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think about my triple features. Well, That's I okay. Have I got options. it. I have so, two that will go perfect with it. I, oh, <laughs> Mothman prophecies. <laughs> I fucking knew it. <laughs> No, I'll think of real ones. Go okay. ahead. Uh, so as I was watching it, I was writing movies that felt thematically similar. And I realized that it was because it was following a given structure for a certain mm-hmm. type of film. Yeah. So the first third, roughly, feels like Rear Window. Yeah. Uh, true crime thriller plus little ghost action. Yeah. For anyone that hasn't seen it, Rear Window is a 1954 thriller mystery directed by Hitchcock and starring Jimmy Stewart. In the film, Jimmy Stewart's character is recovering from an injury in his apartment, passes the time by spying on his neighbors. He believes he witnesses a murder, and things get even more tense from that point on. It's a good time, honestly. Didn't want to spoil a movie from how many decades ago? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Can't believe you've done this. I know. And I I say there will be a spoiler of Barbarian in here, a light spoiler. So I will call it out before it happens. That is a wild one, so if you don't want to know the spoiler to that. And it's a very mild one. A virtue or... Very mild spoiler. Yeah. Um, But anyway, in the first third of this movie, it follows the structure with those noted ghost deviations. Uh, Claire feels alone. She observed concerning... Why are you laughing? (laughs) Why did he say Barbarian? Have you ever seen the picture of Justin Long? When he's got his, he's got, they put on like a bunch of fingernails on him and big fake lashes and he goes, do I have squatters? <laughs> and he's like, ew. Send me that. I went, I'm sorry, as soon as he said barbarian, you went light.
slight spoilers. I was like, that's kind of like, <laughs> do I? Nails are so long, and he's like, <laughs> he's got like big earrings. Amazing. Okay, I'll send it to you. I'm sorry. I just had to get it out. Uh, the first third of this movie follows the structure of Rear Window, more or less, with the noted ghost deviations. Claire feels alone. She observes concerning events at a neighbor's, and she comes to believe that the man has murdered his wife. Mm-hmm. Around 50 minutes in, there is a tense and then quite embarrassing confrontation where she accused Mr. Fuhrer of murdering his wife in front of a bunch of scholars, only to have Mrs. Fuhrer walk up to them and be like, he's dead. So Embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, embarrassing. And that's this is a two-hour movie. This is before the, yeah, I know. This is before the hour mark. So yeah, it's kind of right. roughly into like mm-hmm. three segments, but they're not all equal. Mm-hmm. Anyway, some folks have described this film as something like if Hitchcock included ghosts in his movies. Um, or some people have said it's a, he's trying to mimic Hitchcock, yeah. but also including ghosts. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely see this like at the core because the structure of the first act reveals things slowly and asymmetrically. Right. So other people know things she doesn't. She doesn't know she knows certain things. Um, right. And this is about where it shifted into the second movie that I include in this triple triple feature. Do you have guesses? The next movie? In the triple feature. Um, Gothica. Oh. That's one. I don't, have you seen that one? I've never seen it. Well, never mind. It can't be that. Huh? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Dark Skies. So, we'll get oh. into why I suggest that. Okay. Okay. So, quite honestly, it mm-hmm. could be any paranormal or alien film where the woman is disbelieved and mocked and then later believed. Right, right. Uh, So it could go up there with Paranormal Activity, but Dark Skies was top of mind for a few reasons. Mm -hmm. Paranormal Activity can be paired with any number of other films, so it feels kind of cheap to include it here when I could get more specific and more niche. Yeah. Uh, Secondly, even though Dark Skies was released a few years after Paranormal Activity... It feels closer in time. It does. I don't know why, but it absolutely does. Yeah. And then thirdly, it hews closer to the structure that I thought I was starting to see the outline of. Mm -hmm. So this structure is as follows. Yeah. There is a common plot pattern in paranormal thrillers or horror films where there is a main character that is set up to be less believable than the other main character for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Usually that reason is that she has lady parts and that obviously scrambles her brain. Uh, it can also... Hmm. She's got hysteria. She's, she's, she's going wild. Yeah, the uterus is just bouncing around in there. <laughs> Sometimes it bumps the noggin and you just... Woo. A flighty uterus will really do a lot of things. <laughs> it really does. <sighs> so uh, it can also be a traumatic event that mm-hmm. they've experienced prior to the movie or near the start of the film, near the beginning. But often being assigned female at birth is enough to be called hysterical and right. written off as unwell and imagining things. So that person, usually a woman... Typically in a heterosexual partnership, cis-heterosexual partnership, uh, the person starts to witness or experience strange events that, importantly, are not witnessed by the skeptic, which is almost always a man, and the events increase in frequency and severity and start chipping away at her emotional well-being until she hits her breaking point and attempts to present the evidence gathered so far to her partner. This typically does not go well. No. It can lead to outright denouncements, pitying looks, discussions of seeing a therapist, recommending sleep, etc. It can also get much darker. Yeah. Threats of institutionalization, violence, etc. In this case, Claire tries to present her evidence to Norman, and he accuses her of trying to sabotage his career. (laughs) My wife made up ghosts to make me struggle at the upcoming conference. Yeah, so after the confrontation, typically... There's an incident that leads the skeptic to, to consider the possibility that their partner is not imagining things or lying. Mm-hmm. So what is their course of action after deciding to believe their struggling partner? Well, in paranormal activity, 
Mm-hmm. It's to bowl over whatever she wants, lie, and do whatever the fuck you want to do because you have an idea. Right. And you think your desire to know is more important than her feeling of safety in her own home, but that's just one option. Micah was so cool. <laughs> Mika was, was so great. He was such him. a good partner. I love how he explicitly did the opposite of what she wanted. Oh, the Mika Haters Club is strong and thriving. Yes. And many. We've adjoined the meeting. <laughs> that's it. Yes. Uh, so that's one option. Mm-hmm. Another is to dive in with research and become a collaborator. I didn't mention this earlier, but there's often an introduction of a side character that knows someone who has helped in situations like this. Like, <laughs> somehow your boss's wife will just know that one person who excels at exorcisms. Right. When these characters are introduced, usually they're brought up mockingly by the male partner, or they're just shared as, like, lady chat. Yeah. So, i.e., the men at the table are talking to each other, women are talking to each other, but the men talk about golf and crypto, and the women are talking about spiritual healers. <laughs> uh, we saw this exact structure uh, in the somewhat appropriately named film, The Darkness. And oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. As we've discussed, more light than expected in The Darkness, but there was some darkness, so there we can't be darkness. too mad. Um, I'm also open to subbing out Dark Skies with The Darkness in the triple mm-hmm. feature. Okay, okay, because okay. they both fit the mold of father doesn't believe mother until he does. Right. Uh, so I guess it's really a matter of whether you prefer xenophobic patriotism and aliens or appropriate indigenous mythology. Yeah. So like dealer's choice. There are two movies that I think fit well in this double feature. <laughs> anyway, the structure is entrenched. And yeah. again, I'm not saying that's like inherently a bad thing, but yeah. there are ways to set up tension so that like if someone is experiencing these paranormal things and then immediately someone believes them, then you miss like 30 minutes of tension that you could spend right. building up and like all of those things. So there's a reason mm-hmm. that it's done. So we do have that character when, you know, uh, it's the boss's wife, but also an old friend of Claire's. Oh, sorry. That's going back to, um, I was like, where, hmm. uh, we have the character that is the friend that knows spooky stuff. Right. Uh, and that's her friend, right? The... So there's Jody, who yes. is just kind of like being nice, and then Elena, who is her friend that does believe in paranormal stuff. Which Jody one? is the quirky, curly-haired one that yes. is very supportive yeah, yeah, and yeah, kind yeah. and loving. Right, yeah. she's great. Yeah, and Elena's also great, but not she's in as husband, much of the movie. She's the wife of the when they go to the, dinner with. Yes, yes, got yes. it. So, <laughs> uh, just to recap yeah. where we are so far. Mm-hmm. We have a woman that is framed as being mentally fragile in some mm-hmm. way early on. Right. Everyone's asking if she's okay, and there's clearly a past trauma that she's dropped off of, and she's just dropped off her only daughter at college. Yeah. So it's like you get little, like, peeks into, like, oh, there was a traumatic accident a year ago, and you're like, what happened? And they're like, she's like, oh, it's been a year. So early on, they establish her as quote-unquote fragile. Yeah. Then spooky things start happening to her and only her. Mm-hmm. We have the introduction of a side character that will never reappear again <laughs> to reinforce that there could definitely be something supernatural afoot, but it's very silly and only women would believe that sort of thing. Right. Then we have the wife laying out the evidence only to be dismissed by the husband. Then comes the moment where he actually considers that there are such things as ghosts and or demons or aliens. And then actually he's on board and he'll support her. Yeah. He truly had a few minutes in this phase. He really did. Where you thought he'd really dig in and mm-hmm. help her. And that's why I think it's a fun subversion. Yeah. Because he follows the path exactly right up until that moment. Mm-hmm. At an hour and 25 minutes in, he reaches out to someone to be like, my wife's believe she's haunted. Maybe I'm calling to get a second opinion. <laughs> because maybe I believe her enough to call. Like, I'll call, I'll call, I'll call. Yeah. And he's like reading the book. And it's like, yeah. oh, he's finally on board. He's going to help. Like, I was great. still suspicious of him. But I was like, maybe he's, you know, doing something. But then he's interrupted by his wife walking out onto the dock. 
So it looks like it potentially could be yeah. the start of him being on her side. Mm-hmm. He pulls her from the water, begs for a second chance, and then they go sailing. And everything's Yay! good. So if he follows the road that others have before, the husband and the wife will work together and solve the supernatural shit. Ta-da, right. the power of the nuclear family in a patriarchal society. Love it. That's not what happens. No. Instead, on the boat, he lies to her about never going to Adamant. Even when the affair is already known, he lies about never having gone to that town. He's adamant that he doesn't uh, know it. <laughs> that was good. It's that was good. good. Yeah. <laughs> what did I used to do when we would make puns? Huh? One of us would make a pun, and what I would make yeah, it. Yeah. There we go. Sorry, yeah. I gotta keep the traditional. I yeah. haven't done it in a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. So, lied about Adamant. Mm -hmm. So she keeps digging on her own and uncovers more layers of betrayal. Uh, He had something to do with Madison's death. So she confronts him. He said that Madison was dead when he got home. He disposed of the body. He begs her to let them continue their life without ever telling anyone else what occurred. She says, fuck no. And he seemingly capitulates and calls the cops to begin stage one of his confession. So many fun little lies he has. So many fun little lies. He's like, maybe one more. Uh, the spinoff of Big Little Lies is Fun Little Lies. In my notes, uh-huh. I put in uh, parentheses, red flag, all cop- caps, whenever I was like, this is sus. I don't like this. This is a bad thing. <laughs> Even when I just thought maybe it was just a toxic relationship right. and not like, you know, active gaslighting, right. covering for murder and infidelity. So. So fun. Anyway, the biggest twist arrives 30 minutes left in this two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. Arrives with 30 minutes left. Yeah. Uh, not only did he actively murder Madison because she threatened to turn him into the dean, he was having an affair with a student. Um, one could say that he was inappropriately involved with someone who had lesser power than him in an that. institution. You could say that. You could. Uh-huh. And I will. <laughs> and actually, I'm fine with it. So yeah. I will Actually, I'm it. fine saying yeah. that. So yeah. Not, not hard. Yeah. Uh, but he's also deaf gonna murder Claire now because he doesn't want to go to prison and lose the life of prestige that he has. Oh. He has to beat daddy, obviously. Yeah. So... Papa. Papa. <laughs> the first two thirds to three quarters of this film have followed very different types of structures. Mm-hmm. So as mentioned, the first bit is very Hitchcock. Yeah. Like mystery thriller. The second section is fairly standard paranormal mystery horror. But then the third and final act is a prolonged game of cat and mouse. <laughs> and then this is where I kind of had a spiral because I was like, who's the cat and who's the mouse? There's actually multiple cats. There's multiple and cats. So I was like, cat, mouse, and ghost. Or maybe ghost is cat. There are three cats and a rotating mouse. It's- the ghost is never the mouse. <laughs> All cats. Yeah, oops, you all cats. Three cats in a bag and went, whoever can get out of the bag yeah. wins. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's we it. That's the that bag. <laughs> it's an old cat bag movie. <laughs> oh, that one? That movie's a cat bag. <laughs> say it next time someone yeah. asks you for a recommendation. Yeah. You're like, would you like cat bags? Yeah. <laughs> they say, what's a cat bag? They're like, you're going to love this one. Yeah. <laughs> Do not give them more info. No. Do not. No, if they press, you can look at them condescendingly and yeah, just kind of like, like, huh. Be like, you don't, you don't know? You know, cat bag? Ugh. Okay. Like, it's fine. It's I thought you said you like movies. Like, Listen, I know you, I know you like cat bags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll throw them even harder. <laughs> Am I giving off cat like, bag vibes? Cat bag energy? <laughs> and what is it? <sighs> so yeah, this movie's a cat bag. <laughs> this movie is indeed a cat bag. Uh, so going back from mm-hmm. our cat moment. Uh, I feel like the twist was effective at this time that yeah. it was like put out because up until that point, it had followed the narrative structure of many other films in the same vein. Right. This isn't to say that there weren't clues or signs or anything, but it was broadly hewing to the established structure. Right. So that's part one of how they subverted expectations. Let's talk about part two. Let's do it. That's the casting of motherfucking Harrison Ford. 
Yeah, that's actually very true. Yeah. <laughs> so this film was released in 2000. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, he had never played a villain. He was often a bit rugged, maybe rough around the edges, but oh, never heart evil. Yes, yeah. heartthrob. Like he was Han Solo, yeah. and he was like maybe a little gruff, but he wasn't. He's evil. a handsome fella. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I can say that. Yeah. He's handsome. Yeah, I guess I can say <laughs> Harrison Ford is handsome. I know that You're people are going to roast me for this. So many brave things on this <laughs> yeah, episode today. Catbag no. Harrison Ford's handsome. Yeah. So he so consistently played a hero, or at least a protagonist, that audiences were not prepared to see his heel turn. Yeah. And that is some great A metacasting. And I feel like it's the opposite of Bill Skarsgård. This is a spoiler for the movie Barbarian. Skip ahead 30 seconds if you have not seen it and don't want to be spoiled. Skip. Skip. So I am inclined to believe that his presence, Bill Skarsgård's, heralds doom because I know him as Pennywise and It, Roman Godfrey and Hemlock Grove, and soon to be motherfucking Count Orlock and Nosferatu. So when he's in a film, you think he's going to be the baddie, but then his head is bashed in to the side of a cave. And he's just like a nice guy. He's just a nice person who is genuine and kind. And I spent minutes thinking that he was a murderer. a long time being like, (laughs) fuck this guy. And all of a sudden you're like, kind of want him to live. And then he does that. Where it's like, you see his face, and you're like, you're Pennywise. Yeah. Like, you, you go, were... Mm. <laughs> anyway, so that's... You can, spoiler you can come done. back now. <laughs> yeah. Done. I think everyone should watch Barbarian. I do. Very good. It's, a, it's a treat. Yes. <laughs> okay, so in What Lies Beneath, the audience is lured into a false sense of security yeah. that allows them to overlook the many red flags that Norman brings to the table. Yeah. Watching this over two decades after its release and having no real attachment to Harrison it's Ford. True, yeah. <laughs> Beyond his role as Han Solo... I didn't have quite the investment or cultural knowledge that makes metacasting so damn effective. It is like tends to be yeah. very um, like limited in scope for how long that metacasting can actually be effective. Yeah, for sure. Uh, nonetheless, I can say that watching Harrison Ford give a dark kill turn was satisfying. It was, yeah, it was intense. Even I was like, I've seen it, and I was like, oh, I forgot. Like Harrison Ford, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's subversion, baby. We had it's expectations. Beautiful. The filmmakers play into that, and then they pull the rug out from under you. Now, I could talk for ages about the construction of expectations beyond just, like, tropes and story-building blocks, what sorts of things are believable over time and how yeah. those change, but for now, I'm content to wrap up this nerd corner. That's, that's beautiful! Society. Thank you! Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna destroy it all. Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. I hope everyone had a good time. Well, well, well. 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 What do we have here? A nerd. I can't. God, I did that. What's wrong with me? I was trying to crack my neck. So I'm getting ready for a fight. The Girl Scout has something to say. The Girl Scout has something to say. This time, she does. Yeah. Okay. Everything you said is accurate. That movie was very. It it, it pulls the rug out from under you. It does everything. The meta casting is incredible, and I loved hearing about it. That's okay. And now the writing. Yeah. You can hate Just, it. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yes, I am. They devolve. We're going to read my notes now. We're talking about horror. And the horror, horror. in this one. <laughs> it's the fucking writing. That I was could a, be wrong. Again, this is all opinion. If you watch this and you were like, dang, I liked it. That's fine. I liked it a long time ago. I watched it again and now I'm just. Eh, that was mad. a common critique of people saying that Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer were the strongest parts of the oh, movie. Absolutely. But the writing let them down. That That's they were the trying thing. to elevate the writing and they can only do so much. You can watch this and love Michelle Pfeiffer and love Harrison Ford and still be like, I'm having a good time. Yeah. Because it's not like I was having a bad time watching it. I just. We've watched so many things with like really great writing yeah. in this and they use things so effectively. 
And this just felt like a punch to the gut yeah. doing the opposite. I was like, oh, God. So we'll get... <laughs> I just wasn't expecting to be so mad. But yeah. here I am. Uh, my first note is tub time. <laughs> that was uh, one of my first tub. notes, too. I was like, Mom has a scare in the tub. <laughs> and then I said trauma bath. She's taking a little trauma bath. Um, I've seen this, but I don't remember much. And then I immediately did and went, oh. <laughs> um. Also, I don't know why this upset me, but I said, interesting, that this very rich white couple just doesn't have a fan in their bathroom. <laughs> she was using the like, hair dryer, and I was like, you don't have a fan in there? You can't just pop that on? When she did that, it was like, why won't you just be like the rest of us and you use your forearm to wipe exactly. it clean? Or like, like, like well, you're too good? She's Who the too, fuck too rich out. to use her forearm, yeah. but, you know, can't have a fan. Either no. way. Mm-hmm. Don't understand. It's certainly <laughs> not me. Also, I will say, I got a new TV. Um love it it's amazing yeah. and like you know i've been watching my movies on my old one and i would always come in and be like really dark movie don't really know how to... <laughs> i was like it's my biggest complaint is that it was dark that potentially could have been <laughs> i think it was me in the ritual i was watching on the shittiest tv i've ever had <laughs> when we watched movie when we watched um what is it cabin in the woods yeah i was like oh probably a good movie but i just couldn't see anything it could have been my fault um because i watched this and i was like is this movie like super colorful and weirdly saturated to anyone else or is this just a me thing i swear to god it felt like when dorothy goes to oz for the first time i've never seen the wizard of oz right well (laughs) i do actually know what you're talking about but yeah like it goes from black and white to being like whoa and i was like that's how i felt (sighs) she steps out into her garden and i went jesus christ tone down your pinks and yellows ma'am it was so bright yeah so i don't that's nothing against this movie i i think that may have just been my tv and me getting used to having Mm -hmm. a nice one so we can um, go back through and just revisit old I'm films. I'm thinking about watching them. Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, <laughs> I have no complaints here. Yeah. Um. So if it is a thing and it is just a really saturated film, neat choice. I don't get it, but neat choice. Um. Also, horny parents love to see it. Mm. Love, mm. love those horny parents. I yep. was so sure because I hadn't remembered the twist yet. That when they were like, let's see if we can compete with them, that it was going to be murder. I thought that like the the woman was getting yeah. murdered, and those were her p- shouts yes. of like fear and pain. I was like, pain. oh, Michelle Pfeiffer, you're going to feel so bad soon. Yep. But it was not. Um, also, she said, <laughs> what part was this? I said, she said 11 o'clock, so, like she was in a trance. What part was I talking about? It's, it's, it's when they're going to take their daughter to yes, college. Yes, it's about leaving on time. And yeah. he's like, we have to like be ready by blah, blah, blah to get yeah. there on time. And she's like, 11 o'clock. And she goes, 11 o'clock. I will say this, though. I don't think this is Michelle Pfeiffer's fault, because I love her, and I think she's very talented, and, I mean, we've all seen the whip with Catwoman. Yeah. So she's great, and I think that they gave her weird direction Yeah. I think they gave everybody kind of weird direction, because they, the way she talked made it seem like she was in, like, a whole other universe than everyone else. It was, like, Luna Lovegood style, like... like, look like you're questioning reality at every second. She was always, like, flighty out of it and Mm -hmm. everything came off so i don't want to say fake but like overdone yeah i felt like i was watching like a stage play like where you purposely overdo things because obviously people are far away like you need that yeah oh my god she'd be like 11 o'clock and i'd be like fucking calm down Mm -hmm. like (laughs) and it just felt so hard to watch we'll get into it It's, it's getting there um i wrote cute panda shirt the daughter had a cute panda shirt do we ever see the daughter again no is she part of the movie you betcha 
She plays a part. Oh, sorry, Kim. I'm already heated. It's happening. <laughs> um, I also thought it was really funny, and I didn't realize that this was. I didn't realize that Harrison Ford wasn't her dad yet. Yes. Because I just obviously they didn't really say it in the beginning, so I kind of assumed. I was yeah. like, oh, that's her mom and that's her dad. Um, and then when she gets dropped off, she's like, "Mom, I hope you're gonna be okay." And then she's like, "Come on, Dad, let's go." Like, she doesn't give a shit. And I was like, "Oh, obviously she's very close to her mom. Yeah, not her dad, because it's not her dad. Makes sense. Got it. That one made sense." She makes the comment of like, "Oh, don't worry, I have the dog, and I have Norman." And it's yes. like you never say, "I have Norman." If it's her dad, yes. I have your dad, not I have Norman, the yes. man who helped me birth you. Know. And she says this, and I was like odd but okay and then eventually she says they they say something and i yep. go oh, okay got it makes sense i'm not gonna complain about that um all of the transition at this point had been annoying me so i must have liked this one i said i liked that transition the hugging one yes it was a match cut i like that one that one was fine you can have that one what lies me <laughs> also sorry i have to say it michelle Pfeiffer's butt in that nightgown when they get home from dropping her mm-hmm. off and they're in their bedroom and they're about to like have sex with the yeah. moaning. So- wow. I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah. wow, wow. Sorry, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. You just looked incredible. Yeah. I was like, it's just a, it's, it's just a slip nightgown. Yeah. How does anyone's butt look like that? Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, the magic of etherealness. <laughs> it's true. Harrison Ford doing some shirtless work as one does. You know how it goes. He was like, I have to do my work. Well, my no- shirt off. My nose, she won sec, and he's like, I have to tippy tap first. My nipples are out, and I have to type. Yeah, like, good for him. I said, sex noises are murder. I bet it's murder. And then I think I remembered this thing, and I went, got it, got it. I said, the 2000s vibes in this movie are off the charts. I don't know if it's the special, I don't know what it was that made me feel like, dang, it's from the 2000s. Yeah. I did. That's an interesting choice to have them be moving, like, right away. I They kept saying moving, and we're moving into a house, we're moving. And I could not tell if they were moving out of the house that they had shown them in at the start, or if they were moving to a new house. My biggest complaint could come down to just me not paying attention. So they'd been renovating the house, and right. they were just about done with it. So I think that part of it... So I think my biggest critique of this Mm -hmm. film is that so many details are just kind of like thrown in. Yeah. Like ham-fistedly where it's like um, the dog jump scare for the um, seance is important to establish that there are two entrances to that bathroom. And then like the introduction of the friend serves to do one thing or like two things. So many little things. So many. And they don't actually feel well integrated into the story. It feels like they were like, we have to hit these points so that we can build this type of story. And it didn't feel well right um enmeshed but then they would focus on some details that would go away and you would never experience those details again and i was like then why it was just interesting because i was like you have them saying that they're moving i think they're moving out of this house so i'm getting confused because i'm like well this house feels very well established and lived in at what point are they moving then she's unpacking a box and i'm like oh they're moving in but it looks super lived in so i'm like oh they're renovating it like but that detail didn't come until later so i was like this whole time I was just focusing on things that weren't important yeah. that I thought were, and it was just weird. They would give you information in the weirdest ways. We'll yes. get to it. I said, I feel like they're trying to give us info, but I'm just getting lost. Yeah. They would be like, here's something, but then they'd move on, or they would say it in such a weird way that it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. I would get so mad, and I said, is Harrison Ford a criminal? A murderer? <gasps> hmm. hmm. So yeah, red flags. 
here's where we get mad. I said, the acting in this is funky. I can't figure out why. I said, it's weirdly over the top. It's kind of rushed. It feels like nobody here is having a genuine conversation. It feels like we're getting the bare minimum of info just to make the story work. There's no chemistry. The added dialogue, it, it's just enough to keep us like attached to some of the story, but I don't give a shit about any of the characters. Yeah. It, it felt like they would have a conversation that you would never hear in real life. And yeah. I was like, who wrote this? Someone who's never met anyone? Like, there's a conversation that's coming to the top of my mind with this. And it's when she, like, she was talking about, like, did you ask so-and-so? And, like, what do you say about Mrs. Fury? He's like, he told me. Did you know that so-and-so came into my office? And then he has his moment. She was, like, he said something about Spencer's theorem. He's like, oh, he didn't know your dad. He's like, no, he knew. And oh, I have this conversation written down. Because, to, like, there were so many conversations <laughs> That just felt so stilted, but not only that, like, I felt like I was supposed to be picking something up, but I didn't yes. know what it was. And then he was like, oh, I'll have to watch that, won't I? And, like, it was so sinister, and I was like, you set all of this up so that she could yes. point out something valid, and he could be emasculated by it and later violent about yes. it. But it did not make any sense as a conversation. No. I have no- I'll get to my note about what I think the dialogue sounds like, but, like- it just felt like they were trying to give us info, but because nobody talked like they had ever fucking met, I was like, I, I don't care. Yeah. Like, Michelle Pfeiffer just talked like she was a character, like, which is so funny because this is what that woman said she doesn't do. But I was like, she talks like the caricature of, like, a woman in, like, the 20s who's going through something. And she's like, I would never. Like, it, that's what she sounded like the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Everything she said. She was like, I just... The lake is calling to me. And I'm like, why do you talk like this? No one talks like this. And so I was getting so mad. Because yeah. I was like, Michelle Pfeiffer is a wonderful actress. Yeah. Like, she is very good. And so is Harrison Ford. But you are giving her a direction that is just fucking weird. Yup. Best actor in the movie? Cooper. Huh? Like, Cooper's done. Cooper knows a haunted lake when he sees one. Yeah. Like, I'm not going that lake. Bye. Yeah. And I respect that. <laughs> I said, also, her reaction to the door opening also drove me nuts. Like... It would keep opening when she would go to grab it, and it would just show her doing the same exact hand motion. Yeah. And then just her going, huh. And then opening it. And I was like, girl, give me something. You feel like an alien who yeah. just got to Earth. And she's like, this is what a woman is like, correct? Yeah. This is how doors work. Just yes, like, correct me right? if I'm wrong. I thought the doors worked it's this like way. She didn't know. And she was like, my bad. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just weird. This is what I said. It Like, <laughs> I said, they cut away from moments so fast. Yeah. They'll give you a moment that potentially could be super important to the plot and then boom you're in another scene that has nothing to do with it it's not even a little bit related and you're like oh so fuck that i guess thanks and i said they cut away from moments so fast i feel like they don't let us sit and experience the scare she'll go <gasps> and do her little gasp and then we're done we're yeah. done don't think about that but not in a good way <laughs> not in the ways where like they cut away so quick to like another moment so we have to kind of be like oh my god it was just <laughs> It's jarring. Mm -hmm. <gasps> I said, I feel like I'm being rushed through a haunted house because they're closing oh, soon. Yeah. I felt like the haunted house was about to end. So they were like, come on, come on, we'll do the scares, but you mm -hmm. gotta go. Oh, isn't this horrifying? It's a butcher right? and he's gonna kill you. I was like, <laughs> I was getting so mad. I was like, yeah. let me, look at it. Let yeah. me see. <gasps> it was the same with, I can't remember what movie it was. It was potentially not Mothman Prophecies of the Fourth Kind, but it was another one where they just wouldn't sit long enough on a moment for me to really capture, mm. like, what I was looking at. So I was like, well, I'm not scared because I didn't see it. Yeah. 
I don't remember which one it was, but it's the same barb. And I said, she does the same tiny gasp every yeah. time she sees anything remotely surprising. So I was like, not scared anymore. Because every time a door would open, the dog would walk in, her friend would knock. She'd go, <gasps> and I was like, okay, cool. She's surprised again. Here we go. <laughs> I know what the... I'm sorry. I know I'm just ragging on it, but that dinner scene drove me insane. I... Yeah. I know it's supposed to be like, look how disconnected, like, they are from their wives sometimes, and, like, you can see how they could live separate lives. I get that. But they're just talking over each other, and it's like, what? Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That scene was overwhelming for me. overwhelming. Because I don't do well with crosstalk. Mm -hmm. And, like, I have a hard time paying attention. Like, it's just one of those things where if I am talking to you and I hear someone else saying words, I, no matter how desperately I want to listen to you, I will start listening to what the other person's saying. And so I think the intent of that scene was that we only hear parts of it so that you can have the men talking about how a professor had uh, stalked a student and they were minimizing it. And it's supposed to be, like, old boys club. While the like wives are talking about like yeah. heavy important things, right. but it was also very overwhelming for me to watch that scene because they were talking at the same volume over each other diagonally. It's like I understand the significance. I know what you want me to do, but I genuinely cannot listen no. to the two conversations at once. So one, you're you're losing all the information on your audience because mm-hmm. some of us are just not going to pick it up. So then that's going to make later scares less important. But not only that, but I was like nobody. And when you're at a table that small, I just can't picture people doing it for that long. Like, maybe yeah. you do it once or twice on accident or something. But, like, again, it felt like an alien being like, this is what, like, a rude couple would do. But I was like, I just can't picture someone actually doing that. It felt maybe like a little, but... A caricature of disconnection. Yeah. Because, like... The women are like, intent, like, we're going to finish mm-hmm. our story whether you talk over us or not. Right. And then the men are like, well, obviously our conversation's more important, yes. but it felt overdone. Yes. Like, I was like, I absolutely know that things like this happen. It's it's true. I know that. But again, it felt like a caricature, which is so funny because it was like, I don't do caricatures. Yeah. I was like, I'm not saying that that's all her fault. Obviously, it was co-written. Yeah. The MCU boy. But just saying. <laughs> it was weird. Um, she said the wife looked... Looked old to be a student, but then it cuts to the picture daughter, and I'm like, she looks old. <laughs> Only because, like, she was so, supposed to look very similar to yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. I think that's, like, the point, right? She keeps, like, kind of seeing herself. She's like, it looked like me, but with green yeah. eyes. Yeah. I get it. But I'm like, it's just, <laughs> you're like, you look old to be a student. I'm like, look at your daughter. Yeah. She's like, she looked like she was in her 30s. Amazing. But fine. And then I said, this is where I think I finally lost I said, the dialogue in this movie is so fucking weird. It feels like a bunch of clips that they filmed, and then they all threw together somehow to make a movie. They're like, it's good. It's hot. There's a ghost in my house. What the fuck was that part? Do you remember that? Yeah, she. He, I didn't even notice that he had given her some sort of candy or yeah. something. I had to go back. I watched it twice, and yeah. I was like... <laughs> I, I thought that it could have been effective had it made more sense, where it's that sort of like... Okay. Um. Anyway, there's a ghost in my house, yes. but it was so confusing and not in the good way. It's because she like, again, Michelle <laughs> Pfeiffer acted like she'd never been on Earth. She like put it in her mouth and she's like, Bleh, and she like spits this thing out kind of dramatically, yeah. which already you're like, okay. And then she goes, it's good. It's hot. There's a ghost in my house, and I'm like, yeah. girl, pause. Give me something. Speak yeah. like a human would speak. Uh huh. It's <laughs> like, what are you doing? 
So that part fucking killed me. I went. I watched it twice, and I went, am I, am I wrong? Is this not weird? It felt weird. There were so many times where I was like, I was writing down the conversation as they were talking, and I was like, I have to go back and see what I missed. Because yes. it feels like there should be more information there, and there isn't. So I don't understand why these emotions were coming out here. Yes. It, it just, yeah. It felt very, it felt like, a bunch of different people were trying to make this movie, and then they all clipped their scenes together to be like, now we'll make it one movie. And then that's not what happened, obviously. So what did happen? Also, this line made me want to scream, because I'm like, what does this mean? Forbidden fruit. You got a problem with that? And then he's like, it, it just, it just, again, I know what you're trying to say. She's possessed by the person, forbidden fruit, I get it. But who the fuck says she had yeah. to be edgy, so you knew it was Madison. I just, I under, I agree just with you. Ripping it out of his little hand, and yeah. being like forbidden fruit, and he's like, "What?" And she's like, "You got a problem with that?" And she's like, <laughs> "No." Like, she's like crouched on the stairs, yes. opens her legs. She's like, "Don't mind me, I'll move the candle." And I'm like, and then he's like, "What's my role in this? What do I do with this candle?" Literally, he's he like, like, "Okay, thank you for this gift that I don't want." Like aggressively, he's like, "Take a bite of the apple." Shoves the apple in and his he's mouth. Like, the most awkward seduction ever. Yes, and I and it's supposed to be like intense. And I'm like, I get it, but it's just killing me. You got a problem? Yes, I do. <laughs> also, also the braid took her for a ride. That was great. Just <laughs> yeah, I'm just driven by the braid. The braid just pulled her. Amazing. It was called to the water. Mm-hmm. And then the last line that made me want to scream because what? Who does this? Is when they're in the car in the water and Harrison Ford is in there and she says something and he goes to shush her and his mouth is on the one and he goes shh but it's just <laughs> <laughs> and I was like this has to be a comedy right <laughs> like you can't just go <laughs> <laughs> and then expect me to be like ooh <laughs> <laughs> I literally didn't take notes on anything else because I was I was dying. I was That's like, fair. I'm so sorry. But the dialogue in this was yeah. just so disjointed and it felt like it felt like it was made by a bunch of different people who had different visions of what this was gonna be. And everything you talked about did happen and I wanted it to be effective because it was. Like it they did a good job if the dialogue matched it. Yeah. The plot in this is great. I loved it. I was, like, super cool that they, you know, she gets, like, possessed and, like, it's a repressed memory and we have to slowly relearn it with her. I think that's awesome. Yeah. If only she was a human from Earth who had lived here for the amount of time that Michelle Pfeiffer has lived on Earth. <laughs> the way God! I picture this movie, if you're saying, like, it's a house, the plot structure is the foundation. And, mm -hmm. like, to me, that is, like, a fairly decent layout yeah. of certain structures. And then they start building the walls up, and they're like, we're going to have polka dot here and faux fur on the other wall. And then this, and so it's like the foundation of the house was solid. Yeah. But then you put stripes next to plaid? I don't like. <laughs> it's basically the Winchester Mystery House. Like, oh don't my God. Wrong. It's going to draw a crowd. It's strong as hell. It's not going anywhere, but you're going to get fucking lost. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I was. <laughs> you also might get murdered by a ghost, but you definitely <laughs> exactly. will get lost. <laughs> I was like, at some point, I was like, I'm on board. I'm on board. This is bad, but I'm on board. And then I was like, you lost me. I'm pissed now. There will be like, stairs to nowhere. <laughs> yes, I was like, at a certain point, I had to be like, 
I'm done. I'm just going to sit down and I'll let what's happening happen. The moment that infuriated me the most was when uh, <laughs> suddenly she remembers she has a key. And oh. it felt so much oh. like oh. <laughs> playing a Nancy Drew game where you just collect a bunch of stuff as you go. And then suddenly you're like, oh, I've had a key for like three hours. Not <laughs> just that, but like, what, what, what? The necklace and it matches the box. And then I'm like, who? Who is it? The key? Like, is the necklace the key? Why does it match? And why? I don't care. <laughs> you can't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. <laughs> it literally doesn't matter. This movie could have been so cool. Yeah, I feel like the it's bones were there. Only the writing. It's only the writing that I have like mad qualms with. I'm like, <sighs> yeah, mad qualms. I have mad qualms, bro. <laughs> Bro, talk to me about my bad qualms. I just, I was like excited because I knew I had seen it. So I was like, oh yeah, like I know the, I know the basic plot of this. I'm going to enjoy it. And then I was like, have these people never met? Was this their first day on set and they filmed the whole movie in one go? And they were like, what's your name again? Sorry, you're my, oh, my husband. Got it, got it. Sorry. Okay, okay. (laughs) Oh, you're my wife and I do have the subcurrent of wanting to murder you. Okay, I got this. talked about the beginning that made me so mad because there's misdirection and then there's just (sighs) the plot with the the girl next door that she thinks has been murdered mary fear why why it doesn't come back like mary fear didn't end up being like a character that helped her really in any way it's not like i that was 50 minutes of plot that was supposed to establish like sorry i'm agreeing with you no yeah no uh and I feel like this movie was 30 minutes longer than it needed to be. You know, I love a tight 90. Yes, yeah. And also, I could see why they wanted to set it up as, like, rear window. Right. But they had three different plot structures. Like, at least the way that I'm engaging yes. with it is, yeah, like, yeah. they had rear window, then they had paranormal, and then they had murder mystery or, like, mis- murder yeah. thriller. because I had the notes about it being, like, rear window as well. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I, love, I like that movie. This is fine. But it just went on too long. She it was, was too extended. Yeah, like she was the focus of this ghost story for so long. Yeah, and then she's alive, and I was like, okay, that's fine, but like maybe she'll become a part in this later. Like maybe the husband would be like, oh, I, I actually did see something like happen that night. Yeah, and, like maybe something would lead her. I just thought they were going to introduce this character for a reason. Yeah, and maybe even though it was misdirected, she could help. Like yeah. But it wasn't. It was literally like, remember when she thought that the wife got murdered? Don't. Because we're never going to talk about that again. That's not important. And it's like her friend Elena. Like, yes. when yeah. it happened in The Darkness, it's because they actually had a phone number for someone. Mm-hmm. But in this, it was truly just to have that establishment yeah. of what the men are talking about. And then she had a husband that died. Yeah. She used to be a cellist. And also, he has, like, some just social violent behavior where he's basically like minimizing and infantilizing mocking her in front of people but the characters introduced didn't matter no that's the thing i kept thinking that like this husband that she was grieving Mm -hmm. would either come up more or be important because they brought it up but like they didn't talk about it at all so i was like oh so that's not okay like am i supposed to care about that i just they had so many things they were just throwing at the wall and hoping it stuck and then if it did i was like well, now what do I look at? <laughs> Her being a cellist and him having daddy issues. Those felt like things that were just supposed to be, like, giving depth. But yeah. they didn't actually give depth because they weren't 
developed enough or they were overdeveloped for the role yes. they served. Like they felt yes. like they were given too much time or not enough. And they either way. They talked about her being a cellist more than they talked about her dead husband. Yeah. And then she plays a cello for like a second. She's like, duh, 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 I know what you did. And I'm like, did she's like, the ghost the is gone. Yeah. Like, did you need the cello for that? She was like, don't even worry, baby. And yep. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> it's just felt like this movie was repeatedly slapping me in the face and then being like, you like it, don't you? And I was like, I don't, I don't. <laughs> just felt accosted by this film. Amazing. I had, so my <laughs> I had some notes. I like, was trying to make a conscious effort yeah. to write fewer of like this is happening, this is happening, yeah. Yeah. because it just becomes unreadable for me. Right. Um, but what happened was I just had emotional responses in my notes. <laughs> so she runs outside to floppy arm sob. <laughs> She's all over the place. Yeah. Um, ma'am, do not put your eye up to that hole. It is the perfect size for poking. Yeah. If not we like learn anything from X. Yeah. I was like, not, you're gonna get your eye poked, or you're gonna see another eye. Yeah. Those are the two things that happen when you look at yes. a hole. Two things, and maybe both will happen. Maybe they look and then One they stab. One of them did, so yeah, yeah. Um, cool. And then I also had like crime Frank story. Their stories are mirroring each other because they're both like unhappy in their marriages right. for some reason or another. There's like gaslighting, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, everyone needs a sassy, eccentric friend with curly hair. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for always, filling the role. Uh, name dropping a psychic probably means she'll ask the friend for that psychic's info at some point. They don't. No, doesn't come back. No, around. it's just so you know that psychics are yeah. a thing legitimately until Madison was brought into it I thought that the reason that there was still that haunting aspect after we knew that Mary was alive was because Norman had had an affair with Mary because I was like oh if he had an affair with the neighbor then that would make sense and maybe the haunting is just like guilty conscience and not actually spirit but then they brought in like, no, there's also a student that's dead. And I was like, oh, okay. It just happened so quick, too. It wasn't like they had the student established from the beginning. Like, oh, man, I'm so sorry that that student of yours died. Like, in the beginning, to yeah. be like, I'm so sorry. Also, your neighbor's having trouble, you know? So that way you could have it in the back of your mind. No, they were just like, ah, there's a student. Yep. <laughs> you can't. And conveniently, the only reason that we know is because the same picture... Uh, that they had cut out and framed happened yes. to have on the back of it the article, part of the article. What a fun way to be like. And like, that's just like a lot of, um, oh, yeah. Uh, and the ghost just kept knocking it over to be like, read the back, idiot. Yeah. Uh, what was my note oh, about God. that? <laughs> um, the picture is destined for the floor, my love. Stop trying. <laughs> <laughs> I would have left it on the floor the second yeah. time. Probably the first, to be honest. Like, that's I'm where lazy. it is now. Yeah. Um, so I have all my red flags. Oh, well, God. not all of them, but some of them. Right. Um, but I'm not going to go into them because we've talked about it. Like, we, yeah, we yeah. know the red flags when we see them because he's, like, undercutting, minimizing, infantilizing. He's, he's in a, Yes, he's awful. Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah, like, like, he's just a jerk. He like, does that shit from the beginning. Uh, and then I have... The bathtub is perfectly full. She prepares to take the plug out. Ma'am, if the tub is randomly full, you leave it the fuck alone. The tub is lost to yes. you. Yes. That is not your tub anymore. It's just like the picture frame. Yeah. It's destined for the floor. Yeah. That water's destined for the tub. Don't yeah. touch it. Yeah. Uh, and then they call the planchette the message indicator. I'm like, ma'am, do they even Ouija? Fucking <laughs> <Looking> nerd. <laughs> I know. Come on. And then I have the glare that our girl Michelle, or yeah, our girl Michelle can level. And they're Claire glares. Because she glares like nobody's business. Michelle Pfeiffer has a terrifying glare. Yeah. Oh, man. And 
<laughs> you don't fuck with it. No. She's I, so scary. I love her. Yes. Uh, mirrors and horror. Yeah. Yep, um, yep. And then I thought it was hilarious that they were like, okay, we have this Ouija board that we got from like Kmart or whatever. And it, she like doesn't want to talk. And then oh. later she's like, bitch, I'm from your decade. Get me on an actual online message board and I'll tell you shit. <laughs> she's like, fuck the Kmart message board. Get me online. <laughs> she's like, I'm not your old crusty ass neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got to see some good, good dial-up speeds as the photo slowly loaded. <laughs> that killed me. I was like, here it comes. Ooh. Ooh. God. Uh, let's see. Possession seduction. I just yeah. had that like as yeah. a note. Um, and at this point, so I thought, because at one point he's like, you don't know what you thought you saw. Like he basically right. says like, it's not what you think. And I was like, maybe Claire murdered Madison and he's actually trying to cover up this. That was something I also thought because of her, she had that very strong repressed memory of like seeing the affair or knowing of it. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, well maybe he's actually helping her and he's just a jerk because he's a jerk. He just sucks. Right. Like I was like, he sucks, but he's also covering for her. And then when it's not that, I was like... And by covering for her, he's also covering for himself because he covered up a murder. Exactly. So, you know... So really, it's just, yeah. you know, help you to help me. But yeah. Yeah, so I had the same thought where I was... Or hope. Because I, like, knew what happened, but I was yeah. like, but what if? Like, yeah. Uh, uh, and then... Let's see. <laughs> when he's reading the book and he's, like, taking his own notes, like yeah. a scholar would. Proposed suggestion, exorcism by fire. <laughs> I'm just like, Okay. <laughs> Ah. nothing like burning a brain on the fire to make for a cozy sexy evening because burnt hair smells awful i know, i literally had that i was like oh burnt hair Ooh. bad choice Ooh. uh she <laughs> i was having big emotions when yeah. i typed this because i have in normal font whatever she asked him about going to adamant for lunch and he says he's never heard of it all caps lies lies from those lips <laughs> and i, I know. was so mad <laughs> and then i just <laughs> that was some dialogue that also made me mad because i was like he's like uh, I've never heard of it. And she just goes, oh, hmm, maybe we could go there for lunch. It says it so, like, I was like, girl, what? <laughs> Be pissed or something. Yeah. <laughs> Say something faster, I'm begging you. Uh, we've got places <laughs> to be, ma'am. The length of this movie is Michelle Pfeiffer saying her lines. Yeah. I, mean, I hate I think we could take girl. off five minutes if we took out her gasp. <laughs> it's every five seconds. She's like, but I'm like, okay, that one wasn't even a ghost. <laughs> like, now you're just doing stuff. You're just doing it for fun. We're out of ketchup. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> begging you. Uh, and then this next one is when, like, he's like, please, like, we could preserve our life yeah, together, yeah. like, whatever. And she's like, the girl must be brought up. Hands him the phone. And it, then I was like, is he about to brain her over the head with this phone? Because I, yeah. at that point, I knew. Like, right. he was going to do something very evil. So I knew two mm-hmm. things. I knew there were three things that were potentially about to happen. Um, he's going to blame the wife when the cops get there. Yep. Uh, Madison will possess Claire before they get there. Mm-hmm. Or he will harm Madison before the cops get there. Right. Or like not Madison. Or Claire. Claire yeah. It's like, something's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I have all the notes about he's blame shifting. And he's like, you gave me no choice. She gave me no choice. I'm like, blame shifting. And like how women become inconveniences on the road to greatness. Right. We saw that like anytime there's a trial in the news where it's like they had such promising futures yeah. until they assaulted this poor young girl. And it's like, don't talk about their fucking yeah. promising futures. I don't give a fuck. Also blamed her daughter too. Yeah. Like you were so, oh, you care about your daughter so much. And I'm like, yeah, she does. Like, yeah, because it's her daughter. I just, uh, uh, she's not wearing the necklace now? Where's the necklace? Madison, take the wheel. <laughs> because 
I was like, if she wears the necklace, then Madison can take over and help. Madison, help. <laughs> I was like, where's Madison when you need her? I love watching Madison's delicate corpse just yeah. go into the water. <laughs> and then slowly she's like, and now I'm beautiful again. <laughs> when you solve a murder, the, the corpse does become beautiful again. That yeah. is fact. Reverse decomposition happens. Everyone knows that. Yeah. That's a thing. It's a fact, obviously. Yeah. Duh. Like that's what the folks bag. at the body ranch <laughs> learn. Yes, that's what they learn. It's not, they don't talk about it a lot, but yeah. it's true. It's true. Uh, then this is a real wiggle your big toe moment here. <laughs> wiggle your big, big toe. toe. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can do it. You can do it. Um, and I said, like, the, my last note is this is a long running movie with some twists and turns yeah. that could be predictable but when you're used to a lot of different types of twists it becomes difficult to figure out which twist it will choose and so i was like i'm positive that there are people that immediately called this out but i was like there's so many different ways that they could go and i'm gonna guess all of them right so anyway i love throwing out the theories because you never know yeah so those are my notes <laughs> beautiful thank you i i'm sure that this movie and also for being like it came out in exactly like i think 2000 yes. so it's not that like it had bad effects either. Like I'm not mm-hmm. gonna complain about that. Anytime we have a movie that's back from like whenever, I'm like I'm not gonna harp on effects because who yeah. knows? It, it was a while ago. Yeah, but it just it's just the dialogue. I couldn't focus on anything else, and I wanted to. And with the new TV, I truly didn't know what was purposeful and what was my TV. So I was like, I'm not gonna take notes on the colors because yeah. like that could just be me. I don't know. I need to watch like another yeah. movie to be like, what's your deal? Um. But I'm sure that there was some symbolism. I wanted to see it. I swear, everybody. I wanted to. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. That's fair. It was just too disjointed. Yeah. Yikes. Scariest moment. I mean, aside from the dialogue. <laughs> it just... He has a line, and it's, I'll have to watch that, won't I? And it's you, Nikki, <laughs> looking at this movie. I'll have to watch that, won't I? <laughs> I, do you have a scary smoke? I do, yeah. You go ahead, and then I'll... When she realizes that he dialed 411, not 911. That is good, yeah. And it, like that. it's like, mm. oh shit moment, and then it does the very classic jump scare of him being yeah. behind her, halothane over her mouth. <laughs> it was quick, um, it was effective. I scared. I, uh, I had to pick. I suppose, I suppose when she's in the tub, that is very scary yeah. to me, is not being able to move when the water's slowly rising. Yeah. That did freak me out. Like, obviously, I think you knew she was going to find a way to get out just because I'm like, it can't end this way. But then again, this movie could do anything. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like that feeling of not being able to move yeah. and something is happening and it's just like, this could be it. Yeah. So that did freak me out, I will say. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that one. Okay. I think that was it. I think I have a stronger fear of drowning than any other thing. That's what it is. is yeah. I just don't like the feeling of, it's just like claustrophobia to the... To the top, you know, because what are you going to do? You can't get out. And it's all over. Yeah. So just watching her eyes and being, I will say that was the one part that her acting was incredible. And again, it's not Michelle Pfeiffer's fault. It's the Mm -hmm. writing. But there was no dialogue. There was no dialogue. (laughs) It was just all her. It's her toes and her eyes. Yeah, she acted really well with her eyes because I can feel like the fear and the desperation and the hope also of him being like down and her being able to get out. So and the rage in her eyes when yes. he's monologuing and she's just like I hate you. I hate so you, yeah, I hate she you, I hate you. that part was very yeah. good. It had little parts that were good. I will say that as long as they're not joined together in this film, watch it as like a clip. Yeah, and you know it was great. It was yeah, good stuff. But that's about it. 
Are you ready for tropes? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to hear my my triple feature? <gasps> yes. Okay. So the first one is Gothica. Okay. I know you haven't seen that, but I will say same vibes. Being like okay. possessed, trying to solve a murder. Ooh. It's old. It's also 2000. So it's like similar. I'm going to say it's probably problematic. At this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But it's Halle Berry. Mm. Um, it's good. It's the same like, I don't believe you. You're crazy. Halle Berry was also a Catwoman. Mm-hmm. So two yeah, Catwomen. Two Catwomen. Dude, okay. Look at that. We just need Eartha Kitt to have yeah, done something. <laughs> um, but Gothica, I think it has the same vibe. And then, going off of that, my other one is the remake for Amityville Horror, because Hmm. I just like how much Ryan Reynolds doesn't believe the wife. I think it's the same vibe here. Where he's, like, gaslighting her so bad, when in reality he's the bad guy. Yeah. Eventually, because he's, like, possessed, I get it. But same thing, where it's like, I'm the bad guy, but I'm gonna make you feel like you're crazy. (laughs) I looked at, like, The Conjuring, where it's like, we don't believe, like, it's... The paranormal thing. Yes. <laughs> that could be a fun triple feature if you throw yeah. the conjuring in to be like a breath of fresh air yeah. and the husband's just immediately like, I believe you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But those are my two. I think those would be like uh, an interesting vibe all the way through. Yeah. I really wanted, um, my triple feature was like, I want the things that I thought this was before I realized it wasn't these at all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so that's why I chose Rear exactly. Window and Dark Skies slash The Darkness. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's yeah. good. I like that. Yeah. That's also kind of why I did, um... Jurassic Park with Event Horizon. Yeah. Because I thought it was going to be like your scientists always wondered if they could. They never wondered if right? they should. That was what I thought one. it was going to be. <laughs> those were good triple features. Thank I you. liked those a lot. Thank you. That was great. I love our triple feature thing now. I know. It's Double, really triple, fun. quadruple, whatever. I know. Yeah. I was like, whatever I have feature. A good time with it. Movie night time. Yeah. Yeah. I love movie night. It's so good. I'm ready for tropes. I'm tropes. excited. Okay. I'm sure it has plenty. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so the this one is called And I Must Scream, mm-hmm. but the like subtext is I have no mouth and I must scream oh. because it's like I have to scream, but I physically cannot either because I can't open my mouth or I have no mouth or there's Ooh. something preventing me yeah, from engaging yeah, yeah. with the world. She is paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah. Okay. She is partially underwater. I asked you what part. <laughs> it was like the part that I literally just discussed. Yeah. The one that you said was so scary because she couldn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cat scare, but with a dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chekhov's gun, just a shit ton of it. Yep, yep. Um, foreshadowing, <laughs> obviously. Lots of foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, color coded for your convenience. So I didn't necessarily pick this up because I apparently just don't see color. Um, not in like the, I don't see color, but in right. the, yeah. <laughs> Uh, where it's, she apparently wears a lot of like white flowy airy things oh, yeah, in the beginning. Does. And then as she becomes more and more unwell, she wears like darker colors, grays oh. into blacks. And then at the end she wears white again. Cool. I yeah. actually didn't notice. Love that. Yeah. Um, creepy souvenir. Who the fuck keeps a lot? Okay. It's actually really common to keep a lock of hair. But still. It still freaks me out a little bit. It was weird that she kept it like in her own room. It wasn't like her mom was like, I'm going to hold, I guess, I well, guess it was kind of a memorial. Well, I don't know, because usually, like, it's a very clear thing of, like, uh-huh. we haven't touched her room since she left, or right. I have put all of her things in this room as a shrine, not because I think she's coming back, but because I need something to remember her by. Right. And we didn't get a distinction of what we her didn't. room was. So I was kind of like, is it her own hair? And she was like, I loved my braid. Okay. <laughs> like, I do need to confess something right now. <laughs> this is a thing that freaked someone out, and I felt so bad, and I think about it years later, because I'm like, am I a freak? Um... So I used to cut my hair to donate to Locks of Love or like when I was like, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about that one. I would like donate it to other causes. Right. Yeah. Well, once I um, will put off mailing things for years. I just will. You know this. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, our friends that you have not gotten your postcards yet. It's me. Uh, Hi. (laughs) 
it's me. <laughs> and um, I forgot to mail my hair, yeah. so I had a ponytail of my hair in the back of a drawer. And my friend reached into the drawer to grab something and pulls out this ponytail of my hair. And to be fair, my hair is very, very silky and very soft. And yeah. so it was like very pleasing to touch. That's nice. But also it's a it is just it's a, a ponytail. ponytail of hair, yeah. And she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, oh. I wanted to say, don't worry. We have a friend, my old roommate, who yeah. also did that. Yeah. She just forgot to mail her hair. Yeah. But it was in a box. It was it was ready to go. She just forgot to take the box. Kate just was like, I have not packaged the ponytail. <laughs> Certainly not. Because oh I am. Oh my god! Yep. <laughs> so I'm I love sorry. you. <laughs> I'm glad someone does. I don't know how many ponytails you have in this house right now, but I'm worried. None. Okay. <laughs> we'll see about okay. that. It's because I've dyed my hair for the last like decade, and it's not donatable. <laughs> I did have to think. Though. I'm like, do I have a lock of hair somewhere? So I know. I watched you think about it, and that's why I don't believe that the answer is technically zero. <laughs> I think that somewhere deep. In this house, it's one at least. My mom like snuck it in. She's right? like, she'll be haunted. Miss this pony. Jesus. Anyway, creepy yeah. souvenir. Yep, beautiful. Love it. <laughs> Dangerous key fumble. That's whenever someone drops the keys when they're running from something. Grip <laughs> it. Grip it. Grip it. Firmly. That's why I do aerial arts to get grip strength for keys. I'm always ready to hold yeah. on to things. Um, but I'm dark secret. Yeah. Deadly affair. That's when infidelity leads to murder. Uh, empty nest. She is oh, yeah, yeah. unwell because her only daughter's gone to college. Out of here. Out of here. Environmental symbolism. So the shift of seasons. So it starts oh, like spring, summer, fall, right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then ends in winter. Mm-hmm. Eye awaken. E Y E. Uh, and finger twitching revival are two that happen in concert a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. And it's when it, Norman is potentially dead. Mm-hmm. At most, or at minimum unconscious right and she's trying to get the phone out from under him and then his finger twitches mm. and she screams and like then she gets out and you see his eye open you realize oh, he's not dead shit not dead <laughs> yeah still ready to cause a ruckus indeed uh if there's anything about harrison ford he's always ready he's to cause always, a ruckus and he's always down to cause a ruckus yeah uh then we have a subversion of never found the body which is finally found the body yeah <laughs> and it's when a ghost oh, you know there it is oh, there it is <laughs> Uh, and then ghostly goals. We've mm-hmm. talked about this before, but I don't remember if we actually went into it, but there are two types. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to quote tvchats.org. Yeah. When you get right down to it, though, all ghosts pretty much can be lumped into two groups. The I've got unfinished business type and the kill the living sort. Type A are very kind and friendly. They'll never actually be proactive in getting things done to end their undeath. It's always about scaring people and having their house into exhuming their hidden after the murder corpse mm-hmm. or investigating the strange disappearance of their family or whatever it is their ectoplasmic tuchus is unable to do. <laughs> Love it. Type B will be forces of pure motiveless evil whose thirst for bloody death will be forestalled only by their sadistic desire to cause as much psychological anguish beforehand as possible. If there's anything resembling a human mind in them still, it will likely try to recreate scenes of debauchery they enjoyed in life, kill anyone nearby and anchor at their death, possess the house residents to pretend to live, or otherwise make people in the place turn on each other. Malicious and intelligent ghosts will likely let one or two residents get away and call for help to make the party bigger. So Madison's a type A generally, but mm-hmm. could also be a mix of the two because yeah. she's not actually ever trying to hurt Claire. No. She does want her death to be discovered and she also wants to punish Norman. Right. So she's like, I'm going to do a little murder as yeah. like a treat, but it's yeah. like deserved. Little column A, little column it's B. It's not just like, I'm killing everybody, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. She's that one guy. She's got uh, layers. 
Michael, yeah. I love her. Mm-hmm. I love her. Uh, it's all about me. Everything is about Norman. Everything. Uh, the part where this was another like level of dialogue where it's like this is either very clever or very bad. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell. But um, she says like I'm not trying to get revenge, and this is not some like pathetic bid for attention or whatever. Like that's yeah. not a, quite a direct quote because I don't right. remember the exact language she used. But I was like, at this point, we don't actually know what you would try be trying to get back at him for. Right. Like we have theories, mm-hmm. but it's not actually known to you consciously that he cheated on you. Exactly. So yeah. what are you getting back at him for? Right. And like the bid for attention, whatever that made sense. Right. <laughs> um, but I was like, is this them saying that subconsciously she knows that she has something to take out on him? Or is it just that, like, she's throwing at all these things that she's definitely not doing? Right, right. Um, is it clever, or is it just a happy accident? Yeah. <laughs> Who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, jump scare. Yeah. Karmic death. Mm-hmm. Make it look like an accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a match cut, so it's the crying mom hugging daughter. That was good, yeah. yeah. Mirror scare. Oh. Passive-aggressive combat. Combat spelled like Mortal Kombat combat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's where... Ooh, this is one of my red flags. Okay, so... He, like, while she is unable to move, he's yeah. monologuing because, mm-hmm. of course, he is. And he's like, you know, I actually thought you figured it out before. I don't know how you didn't. But, like, I thought that you made up the ghost as a way to guilt me and, like, coerce me into telling you the truth. Like, and yeah, I thought like it was, like, it. some passive-aggressive masterpiece. And it's like he can only perceive her as being passive-aggressive. He cannot perceive her as having her own motives, goals, right. fears, existence. <sighs> Um, scumbag yep supernatural proof father this is like the thing where yeah it's also part of the game uh something is wrong with this house Mm -hmm. and for anyone that hasn't played it's a very short like Mm -hmm. no prep thing but you play as um creatures in a house trying to scare a new family out right and it's like there's the father the mother son daughter Mm -hmm whatever like you can mix and match those however you need to but they each have special moves and the father has a move called like it, i don't know what it's called it's like certainly not or something right. where it's, he can just refuse to believe <laughs> once per game I love that. and that protects like, him no <laughs> he's like this just isn't real that's not happening oh, um no. suspiciously specific denial mm. uh taking you with me that last yeah. one because at the end like he is trapped. He is going to die. Mm-hmm. He wants to take her with him. Like, it's right. not that once she gets out, like, she'll ruin his life and he'll be there to he's witness gonna it. He's going to die. She can still get out. And he's like, no, no, no. What a... Oh, <sighs> God. So those are my notes. <laughs> They're beautiful. Good tropes. I... Oh, God. Okay. We have to choose a way to rate this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have a few. Okay. Hold on. I have three. I had gurgly shiz. Oh, uh, yeah. Burbly shiz. Burbly shiz. Yeah. Uh, a braid ride. <laughs> Love that she went for a braid ride. Uh-huh. Vent key. Oh, uh, yeah. Little yeah. vent key. Um, I think that may have been... <laughs> those are my three, I think. I have. Yeah. Yeah, Claire, yeah, yeah. Claire Glares. Uh, <laughs> lies from those lips. And cat bags. <laughs> can we get cat bags? Yes, we can. <laughs> That's what this movie's all about, is it's, cat It's bag. about the cat bag. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I think I know what you're going to give it. <laughs> I know what I'm going to give it. I've had it, I've had it ready. I'm okay. Ready. Um, okay. I'm ready. I know. 
I think I'm ready. Okay. okay. One, two. Yeah. I knew that that was going to happen. <laughs> Uh, Do you want to go first? Yeah. <laughs> I gave it two. Uh-huh. Um, I don't hate it as much as I hate the other two that I didn't yeah. like. Maybe I rated them more. That's going to be embarrassing No, if I think I did, you gave but... Mothman Prophecies a two or a one or a negative one. I don't know. I don't think... I don't know. The only reason this one's getting a two is because I do love the actors in it. I think yeah. they are good. I don't think it's their fault. I think it just had weird direction, bad writing. But I think the plot of the movie is good. So... With dialogue that isn't so disconnected and weird, I think it genuinely would have been a, a cool film. Yeah. Because I love the plot. I like what happens. I think it's cool. Um, and, like, everyone in it is super cool. Like, it, it had everything to be good, I yeah. guess. But, whoo, real rough. So, yeah, due yeah. to that, it was just not for me. Yeah. I gave it three cat bags. So, a combined yeah. five cat bags. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> halfway there. Yeah. Uh, so I gave it a three because I enjoyed watching the movie. Yeah. I was definitely taken out of it by dialogue mm-hmm. because it was not well-written dialogue. <laughs> and it, there are those times where you're watching a movie and you're like, is this confusing on purpose? And everyone is experiencing this confusion and the, the they intended for it to be confusing yeah. and it will later resolve. And then right. you'll look back and you're like, wow, it's so satisfying to now understand the confusing dialogue. Yeah. Or is it just unrealistically written? And this yeah. is where I landed because still looking back, I'm like, we just did not get enough context on why he has issues with his dad to yeah. understand this. And then her saying of you're too sensitive comes out of nowhere. Like that dynamic it, did not make any sense in the context of what we'd been given. No. And like the relationship with her daughter also just was not as important as like it seemed to be conveyed to us in the beginning. I forgot she had a daughter forgot until she, she was like, let me look for Caitlin. I was like, is Caitlin her friend? No, Caitlin's your daughter. daughter. Okay. I just completely I forgot. forgot because it was such an important yeah. thing at the start and then we just never hear from her or yeah. talk to her again at all. She makes one phone call, doesn't talk to her and that's it. That's it. Yeah. And I just, yeah. So, but I also, like the reason I do give it yeah, three yeah, yeah. is because I think that like it's really fun to look at structure and tropes and patterns and like those sorts yeah. of things at like the level that is beneath dialogue. <laughs> um, and then I just love seeing patterns over time. Yeah. Metacasting was also really, was really fun. Cool. Like I could have done Knowing more into that, that, that was fun. But then also I really like Harrison Ford's acting. I do too. He's and very Michelle, good. Yeah. Like I'm not saying like, oh, as no, opposed to yeah, you. <laughs> no, no, I know. Uh, and then Michelle Pfeiffer, like her nonverbal acting, superb. So good. Really good. I fucking loved it. Yeah. And so, and also the friend Jody was super fun. She was and fun. so it's like, this movie felt very long. I yeah. remember when I looked at like an hour in and I was like, this is only halfway done. But then the last 30 minutes was like, what the fuck? Yeah. All of a sudden you're like, oh shit. Yeah. So, so. I definitely enjoyed watching it. We have her qualms. <laughs> uh, but that's why I give it three cat bags. So the total yeah. of five cat bags. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think that like, it can be fun. I just couldn't separate the dialogue, yeah. but that doesn't mean it's bad. It, like a house. It's got very good bones. <laughs> the house has great bones. And, and it's yeah. okay to not like it, too. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, I just, yeah, it was just rough. Yeah. Um, just like you said, it, it, it's a, such a good way to put it is that, like, I just, you could never tell when it was intentionally confusing to you or if it was just badly written. And I'm like, oh, you got to be able to differentiate or else that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> I just yep. couldn't tell. So, yeah, too. Yeah. Okay, so that wraps up our discussion of what lies beneath. Yeah. If you enjoyed your time, uh, just your time in just general. Just your time. Just your time. If you enjoyed your time, go have more of it. You should. Yeah. <laughs> we endorse it. 
if you enjoyed your time with us, (laughs) we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, That's the one that really helps other folks find us. But honestly, wherever you want to rate and review, we love it. Even just telling a friend. Yeah, just tell a friend. Give us a little times People are like, I want to support you, but it's weird to listen to my friends talk. <laughs> it's like, that's fair. Totally fair. And like, but I recommended it to a coworker, and I was like, that's all I ask. No, that's all I ask. Maybe yeah. they'll love us. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Instagram, and I don't know how much. Twitter doesn't exist anymore. Oh, you mean X? <laughs> you can follow <laughs> us on X. <laughs> don't even get me started. Don't follow us on Twitter. No. Just go to Instagram and get all the info you need. Yeah. Because honestly, it's, it's much better. Yeah. I can try to set us up a threads. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you, yeah, that would that link too. to our tw- our Instagram. Mm-hmm. It would have yeah, yeah. Twitter is just rough now. Like algorithms are fucked up. Everything's just fucked up now. It's yeah. not worth. So you yeah. can no longer follow us on Twitter because we are no longer posting there. Yeah, it's just tough. Yeah, uh, but we're on Instagram at Just yes. with It, and every week we'll post the movie for the week, mm-hmm. no context quotes, that sort of thing. And Instagram's easier because we can also have yeah. like little stories and things. And, like, yeah, it's, there's no limit to characters either. So like, you know, yeah, it's a little better. And so. people will comment, like, their thoughts on a movie. Yeah. I'm like, I love hearing what people thought about movies. Yeah, like, I that's think so the algorithm fun. for finding things with hashtags is also a little better there. Yeah. So, like, it's just nice. Yeah. So. So you can find us there. Yeah. Uh, you can also check out our extended show notes, which are in a bit of a delay. But they will eventually be on our podcast. On our yeah. podcast. They on are on podcast. our podcast. Yeah. They're on our website. Yeah. Justgoalwithapod.com. You could even take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash justgoalwithit. And every month we have yeah. patrons choose a movie. This was not their pick this is our pick yeah so we can't mothman prophecy blame them i can't I um they have they're picking a good one for this i'm excited actually I'm all the ones that got picked yeah are great i'm excited <laughs> I, I was like all of them and i'm like these yes, are all good ones yes, i'll ha- be great. happy with any of them uh but we also do the simul watch mm-hmm. and we do a horror game every month yeah i think we're doing potentially nancy drew again yeah because we've had a few alien about. isolations where you made a lot of progress i did i did yeah. good on the last one i was so happy yeah uh, but Nancy Drew, back to the old puzzles in Iceland. Yes. Get ready. Join us. <laughs> Join us. So fun. So, uh, fun. so that's what you can access yeah. if you're a patron. Uh, and we'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons. Yeah. Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, Brian, Jess, Ada, Dalton, and Andrew. Woohoo! I think I said them all right. I think so. Cool. Because it's, <laughs> I say Janice, and then a second later I say Jess, and I'm like, I already said the J. The J. I already said it. They get you. And I'm afraid that I am just doubling up on one name and not giving them both their due. And they <laughs> both deserve it. The same one over and over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the intro and outro yeah. music was created by Anthony Racozella. And the cover art is by our very own Nikki Solomon. Forbidden fruit. Yuck. Got a problem with that? <laughs> <laughs> like, best line. <laughs> that and... <laughs> Everyone. Floppy arms running. <laughs> it's got everything. This movie's got everything. I have to grip and rip this first.